Hey, Marshall. Hello. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Lost? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. We've oh, been no. everyone... We've already recorded one episode tonight. I'm... <laughs> Oh boy. There's a lot happening. Um also this is Jungle of Mystery and we talk about Lost. Yep. Capiche. I got my ghoul. Tonight we're talking about season 1 episode 21. I'm going to pee my pants. <laughs> Called The Greater Good. <laughs> Don't do that, you're going to think you're having birth again. Shut up! <laughs> uh, oh, God. This is all doing <laughs> So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is lost. Stuff happens in this episode. This one's about science. Yeah, this is a really serious episode. It really, uh, listen, it really is. Okay. Let's put on our serious voices. Except we're going to talk about the fun stuff first, so it's fine. Okay. The fun stuff in this episode, again, as they always manage to do, the fun stuff in this episode is so fun, and the not fun stuff is so not fun. They really crank up like the dichotomy on yeah. these episodes, where the highs are high and the lows are low. For sure. So we have our, our little subplot with the baby in this episode that I absolutely love. The baby that suddenly is three months old. <laughs> Okay, I was going to ask. Yeah. Did it seem like there was a little bit of discrepancy there? Yeah, so I feel like we talked about this in a much earlier episode. Oh, you did very way before, early. Way before it was relevant. But yeah, that's really common in, in TV shows and movies. Like, you can't really cast a newborn to play a oh, newborn. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They don't like, like to... Don't they have, don't they have a union? <laughs> <laughs> they don't like to use babies until they're three months old um you know by that point they've been starting to get vaccines and they're a little hardier and so they can use them from three months up and then even then they have to have a bunch of babies to play one baby so they can very frequently switch them out and give them breaks and whatever so yeah we we see claire's you know day old baby who looks like a three-month-old all of a sudden and she's like oh support the head and it just makes me laugh anyway so we see first uh, Sun and Charlie trying to convince Claire that she needs to sleep and that she needs to let someone else take the baby. Sun says in a hospital, they would have you sleep and the nurses would take your baby for you. And Claire's like, well, we're not in a hospital and there's people out there trying to take my baby. So like, yeah. no, <laughs> don't blame you. So is this accurate? Do they do that in the hospital? Yeah, they will. I mean, I guess it depends on your situation, but. Well, it depends on your situation and your preference. I think some uh, hospitals definitely still do have nurseries. Like in the old days, the baby would not stay in the room with you. They would just take it to a nursery. Okay. And the nurse would, I guess, bring it to you when you had to nurse it. But like pretty much they would take care of the baby just to let you sleep. But that's not really common practice anymore. It's much better for the baby to stay with you. You get as much, you know, bonding time and skin to skin time as possible and whatever. But there are still hospitals, I think, that have nurseries that if you want to, they'll take the baby. But even even during the course of like a normal stay with the baby staying in the room with you, the baby will be taken by nurses for doing tests and stuff like that, you know, and there's a huge support staff to help you figure out how to take care of your baby and whatnot. Okay. So yeah, what Sun is saying is correct. <laughs> 
They, you is know, they don't the just same, leave you alone. Is it the same in the NICU, or do you know? Well, what do you mean? Like, in, in the NICU, they're just, they're in. The NICU is like a special ward where the baby Yeah, so that's stay. what I'm saying. So, like, does, is the baby still with you, or are they in, like, that, in, that like, incubator box? No, thing? they're, I mean, they're not always in the incubator boxes. It depends on how bad the situation is. But they stay in there. You stay separate from them. But you okay. can go in and see them, you know, whenever you want. But you have your own room. You can't, you can't okay. stay with them. Gotcha. Anyway, Claire finally gives in. And gives the baby to Charlie. And then we see Charlie struggling to keep the baby calm without his mama. He won't stop crying. So he's he's singing it to Bitsy Spider and Hurley. (laughs) He says, down came the rain and drowned the spider out. And Hurley says, dude, that's wrong. He says, it's wash the the spider out unless there's some kind of British version. (laughs) Hurley sings, I feel good. And it (laughs) does not help, but it helps me. It helps my soul. Hurley, again, I find myself heavily identifying with Hurley and his approach to most things. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely would be my first instinct would be to try to do something that I would find entertaining. Yeah, and only instinct. Because as soon as that doesn't work, he's like, well, that's all I got. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. So Charlie is just kind of wandering around aimlessly, you know, trying to get somebody to help. And we see him walk up to the raft and I want to know your thoughts about this little exchange. Uh, first of all, I love Michael and Jen's, like, budding friendship. I do like to see them, like, kind of getting along better. Yeah, like, Jen, you know, trying to use English and Michael understanding what he's saying. And I don't know. I just love their exchanges. But we have Walt asking Michael some questions in this scene. Uh, so the the three questions, the things that he's concerned about... Are what if the raft tips over? Mm-hmm. What if a shark attacks? Mm-hmm. What if we die? <laughs> yup. Knowing what we know about Walt, did it give you chills to hear him say these things? Uh, kind of. Yeah. They're all very valid questions. They I mean, are except very valid. The, la- the last one, if you die, it doesn't matter because you won't know. So it's whatever. Mm, but right. The first two, yeah. Definitely. What if it tips over? Well, you should probably jump to question number three. (laughs) What if we die? (laughs) Well, what I want to know is, knowing what we know about Walt and how he seems able to manifest things, do you think that him worrying about these things might make them more likely to happen? I guess in terms of him manifesting things, yeah, it would be important for Michael to get him... I, I guess Michael doesn't really understand, but... It would be important for him to get him to maybe focus on something else if, right. if he ends up on the raft. Yeah, like, I mean, Michael doesn't know. Nobody knows about this weird shit that Walt can do. Yeah. The only person who might suspect is Locke because yeah. of the knife throwing scene. But and he's um, not telling anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I would say that pretty much any parent's first instinct is going to be to try to get their kid to not focus on the bad right. stuff, right? So right, yeah. Maybe, maybe get him to focus on fish, you can manifest some fish yeah. popping up on board, you know? Anyway, I just thought it was interesting that we have him verbally expressing these worries. Yeah, that would be bad. You know, I didn't think about the fact that he could literally just torpedo the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Just, just by being there and being worried about it. Yeah. Oh, we'll see God. what happens. Maybe just uh, come back for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe don't bring him with you maybe not charlie shows up he asks jen where son is which is kind of weird given the you know what's going on with them but whatever he asks where son is and uh he says (laughs) i this awkward exchange between him and jen he's like i need some help with this baby and jen just kind of looks at him and is like no and charlie goes okay (laughs) yeah 
love that. I've had that, like, I've had that interaction with being in a foreign country and just, like, running into somebody that, that does not speak English. Yeah. And it's just like, you ask them a question, and it doesn't matter what it is, they get some kind of answer, and I, you immediately make the connection that this isn't going Yeah, anywhere. this isn't going to work. So you're like, thank <laughs> okay. you, okay, yep, thanks. I'll, go. okay. I'll, go. I'll go, I'll go now. I yeah. realize that I'm the one that's that's annoying yeah so i'm just gonna go away (laughs) and then we have just the most beautiful little conclusion to this this is so wild sawyer i I do i do not know where this is going oh sawyer complaining about the baby but then his voice makes the baby stop crying because he likes the sound of his voice is that a thing yeah i mean for total strangers yeah babies like what they like man you okay. find, okay, like 90% of early parenthood, like the first couple months with a new baby, is trying to find the weird random shit that makes them stop crying, and then you just do that when they're crying. It could be the sound of the microwave, or water running, or a vacuum. <laughs> Literally, you have a crying newborn, you walk around and make noises, and one of them will make it stop crying, and then you make that noise whenever it cries, and it stops. So for this baby, it is Sawyer's voice. (laughs) Okay. See, I thought it was some kind of magic shit. No. Like, there's some weird connection between... Okay. It's it's just cute. Okay. Well, look at... There there I go, reading into stuff again. (laughs) Sorry if I stomped on that for you. That's Okay. No, this is something. Sometimes where I, I don't de- know where you're going, and I, <laughs> I, I will, I will defer to your uh, expertise on this. The amount of time I spent just desperately walking around, like <laughs> bouncing a newborn Ricky in my arms, and like you know, turning on the kitchen sink for five minutes because it, <laughs> he didn't cry when the water was running. Like <laughs> it's a, it's very real. I was trying to think like. Is there some way that maybe Sawyer's the father, like they met somehow, <laughs> like it's some kind of weird one night stand thing that we don't understand yet? Oh boy! Uh, I was trying to piece together that timeline. Damn it! Because now I wish I could take it all back. That's fine. It's a pretty <laughs> dumb idea. Uh, but but that you know I was just kind of confused. Uh, but I guess that makes sense now. Babies just like what they like, and they like his southern drawl and his. I think it's a nice voice. Make me stop crying. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> There we go. Sorry. Anyway. There we go. So yeah, we find out that every time Sawyer talks, the baby stops crying, and he's like kind of annoyed by it. He just and starts following him around. Charlie just follows him. So and Sawyer funny. kind of speeds up to try to get away, and I love, love, love. I love that. And then uh, the last scene that we have in this little arc is Sawyer reading to the baby from a car magazine. And I, I like, Yes very good claire you know clearly has just woken up and she walks in and she looks kind of confused but then she just sits down and it's just a nice little moment it is again just like we learned in the last episode right everybody's gonna help raise this baby everybody's gonna do their part for sawyer it's all he's gotta do is talk (laughs) but also i love that it's sawyer right it does like redeem him a little bit yeah he's wearing those glasses he's sitting there Reading from the magazine, he seems so earnest. Every time he stops for a second, the baby cries, and Charlie's like, "No, keep going." And he's like, "Oh, okay, okay." <laughs> Talking to like read it like thirty-two valve V eight, four hundred horsepower, yeah. fully integrated supercharger, sequential gearbox. <laughs> <It's> just, like <laughs> it's so sweet. Oh man, uh, and that's where the happiness ends in this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, we always we like to get the happiness out of the way first. So let's move on and talk about. Saeed's flashbacks. Oh, boy. 
a fairly realistic look at the effects of the quote-unquote war on terror. Yeah, this this is rough. And you've mentioned several times how you really like that we're getting to see Saeed as a human character and seeing things from his perspective, right? Yep. This episode is a really kind of haunting example of that. Yeah, so we, we see, you know, CIA has custody of Saeed and... It's because they know that he used to be roommates with this guy who's now in a terror cell in Sydney, and they have stolen 300 pounds of C4, and they plan to do something with it, and so they want Saeed to find out where it is and what their plan is. And he says, why should I care? And they said, because we know where she is. Uh, if you want to know where she is, then we're going to go to Sydney. Yeah. So were you were you confused by this at all? By them in saying terms... Nadia's alive? Because all we've heard so far, he told Rousseau that she's dead, right? He said she's yeah. dead because of me. I think the implication from that kind of cleared up what that meant was that he, she was dead because he, he like let go of her? I don't know, actually. You know what? I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You think in the context of this episode, like at, at the end of this episode, maybe he's just saying... You know, he has to let her go and, and act as though she's dead because of everything he's done and now that he's on the island and everything. Yeah, unless there's some kind of further information we learn where if he doesn't, like, make contact with somebody to verify that he hasn't, like, a, gone off and done something else, like, they're going to take her out or something. You know, like, it's like, oh, you learned, you learned all this. We, we abducted you and made you do this stuff for the CIA and if you don't show up and talk to this contact in L.A., we're going to assume you, f you you know, fucked off to go work with the terrorists and we're going to smoke. Nadia. Okay. Yeah, there's still. Yeah. There's some okay. ambiguity there. Yeah, there's still time. We don't see him getting on the plane. Yeah, we don't, we don't see, see him talking to anybody after yeah. they talk about the body. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay. Well, we'll get to that when we get to the end. Okay. So, Saeed goes to his old friend's mosque, Assam, and Assam approaches him. They reconnect. He takes him to his apartment that he has with a couple roommates. And Saeed does some impressive little spy work by, you know, quote unquote, discovering that there's a bug in their smoke alarm. Yeah. And then that prompts them to kind of welcome him into their circle. And they say that it's fate that they met at the mosque. And so we learn that Assam is going to be the martyr in their next attack. He doesn't think that he can do it. So at this point, Saeed approaches the, the CIA agent to try to protect Assam. And he's, you know, he's saying, I'll, I'll try to find out where the C4 is some other way because he doesn't want to do this. And they tell him that he has to talk him into doing it because they won't know where the C4 is until the very last minute. They're not going to let Assam know where it is beforehand, right? So they're saying, go back to your friend, talk him into blowing himself up. Yeah, and this is not at all an unrealistic depiction of how we operate over there oh yeah <laughs> the the whole thing i mean we we didn't mention but the re the reason that he mentions that you know his i don't know if it's a wife or a girlfriend or a partner or whatever but was killed by a by a bomb yeah and it's implied that it was you know from coalition forces yeah but i mean this is just like in a nutshell essentially how we in how, how we create terrorists exactly like it's it's not like they just decide one day hey we're we're gonna take this out on on western culture it's it is because of all of the horrible stuff that we do over there constantly yeah like they talk about like a worrying about you know when he has reservations about doing the suicide attack he's talking about all the innocent lives it's like 
Well, he's having those reservations because he's going to have to go there personally and do it himself. The difference is, when we do it, it's at a distance, and it's with payblow bombs, and it's with cluster munitions, it's... It's all this, you know, it, we, we get to do it at a distance uh, and we have the the luxury of, of quote unquote, being the good guys. And all that that means is that history is written by the victors. Yeah. And, you know, might makes right. That's that's the entire United States foreign policy. So, you know, I like that they they don't present it as if it's some kind of like, you know, like the evil axis of all of these these Arabs. Oh, trying for to sure. yeah, kill yeah. all the all the good Christian whites. It's it's like, hey, this is what actually is going on yeah. in the Middle East. It's it's wild to me to imagine watching this in two thousand four, <laughs> especially yeah. with like all the weird stuff that this show doesn't handle very well. Episodes like this are kind of like give you whiplash. It's nice. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's it's an honest approach. I mean, it's a very simplified approach, but right, it, right. that's fair because they have to handle they handle it in one episode. Right? Yeah, but all of this stuff. I mean, threatening people he knows, picking him up because he has a connection to somebody from a long time ago, and they were like, he was like, "What are you gonna do if I don't do anything? Arrest me?" And I was like. Hey, no, bud. They're gonna put you in a fucking box, and they're gonna ship you to Abu Ghraib, or they're gonna ship you to Guantanamo, and no one's ever gonna hear from you again because yeah. that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. And, but but they're like, oh, we're gonna go after Nadia, and I was like, okay, well, I guess they do that too. But most of the time, they would just say, well, we'll slit your throat and dump you in the ocean. Yeah, it's a little bit more of a sanitized version, I think. Right to make it palatable. Yeah, they're gonna say, "Oh, we're, we're gonna arrest your girlfriend." <laughs> yeah, we're gonna arrest your girlfriend. That's all we'll and do. Not, Don't and worry. Not like That's torture it. you with car batteries. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I am very no go no. I, very go very. Uh, if you want to get me upset, talk about <laughs> U.S. foreign policy. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I like that about this that they yeah just straight up and said like, "Oh yeah, why you know why are you involved in this terror cell?" Well, you know they killed someone close to me just by indiscriminately bombing something yeah oh hey yeah guess what that's how you create terrorists yep exactly and we had that brings us to our next scene with them where saeed is now talking Assam into carrying out the bombing because he's having doubts and yep it is so depressing <laughs> he's using nadia suggesting that he's lost a woman as well right mm-hmm. to inspire him and he's saying that he he's doing it all for her and so Assam asked Saeed to do it with him, and God, it ugh, it hurts so bad. Like I, I feeling especially because we know how this is going to end, and we know that this is right before ending up on the island. Yeah, it just multiplies the guilt that we know that Saeed is always feeling. That you know, this was one of the last things he did. Yeah, you know island. he gets out of it, so it's like, well, <sighs> yeah. it's not going to go well for his buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so now we, we arrive at, you know, it's time for the attack to happen. Their, Haddad gives them their instructions and gives Osama a gun in case there's any problems. And right when they're about to start, Saeed tells him to stop and tells the truth. And he says he's going to give him 10 minutes to get away before he calls the CIA. And yep. he fails to consider that he talked his friend into doing this. Mm-hmm. Right? He told him what they were doing was right. and uh, Not only right, but righteous. Yeah, righteous. Exactly. So it's not so easy as, you know, he, he's no longer considering his own survival. So Saeed saying, hey, I'll make sure you can get away is meaningless to him. Yeah. He says, you said you were going, you said we were going to do this together. You said you lost someone. 
And then Saeed has to fess up to the fact that, no, she's alive and I'm doing this so they'll tell me where she is. Which is like, God. <laughs> Hearing it like that almost, like, he pulls out the gun and it's like, yeah, I wouldn't be that mad if he shot Saeed. <laughs> but, yeah, Assam kills himself. Uh, yep. Because of Saeed. And he said, the last thing he says to him is, I hope she makes you whole again. <sighs> Boy. So this is where maybe we're coming at why he told her so she's dead. Do you think that maybe he's not going to, if they ever get off the island, he's not going to allow himself to to... see her, you know, like reunite or like he's going to act as though she's dead because he doesn't deserve to be with her anymore or something. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an appropriate approach, you know, Yeah, that he sees just the impact of his actions like that and decides it's best that he doesn't try to see her again. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. That makes know, sense. After going through that. But then also, yeah, we do have the, there's a potential for another episode to give us more flashbacks between now and him actually getting on the plane because he is not getting on the plane till the next day. He wants to stay and claim Assam's body to have him buried. So we might learn more. We might actually learn that CIA is like, just kidding, fuck you. We killed her anyway. <laughs> Right? Yeah, uh, and the reason he wants to reclaim the body is uh, because it's not, it's a religious thing, right? It's the... uh, Yeah, because they're just going to cremate the body. Yeah, which is not, it's very, not proper, right, in Islam. Right, right. You have to be buried in the ground. Exactly. Very important. So, yeah, they're saying, you know, well, there's nobody to claim the body, so we just got to get rid of it. So he says, because they have a plane ticket for him, like, right now. Two hours. Yeah. So he says, well, no, get me a different plane. For tomorrow, and give me time to claim the body so he can be buried. Yep, and that's how he ends up on 815. Yep, and you know, could also land him, (laughs) well, not that he's not already on a watch list, but like you said, they could decide to have more reason to fuck with him, because he's choosing to stay and bury this quote-unquote terrorist, right? So there there could be more threats made to Nadia because of this. So either that, either we don't know all the details yet, or he's just kind of doing this to himself. Out of guilt, which also definitely guilt. Yeah, this episode makes it so much more grating too that he's like having this weird little thing with Shannon. Yeah, because we learn that he's been he's spent years looking for Nadia, and I get that like desperate times and everything. You're on an island now. Maybe he's just like, well, this is it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you know? he's, it's just part of his trying to like move on. Yeah, but it's... she ain't it. <laughs> It certainly is a weird relationship, but yeah, whatever. I, I really do, with with last episode and this episode and moving forward, I do start to like Shannon more. Hmm. But, you know, I've been trying to put a positive spin on it because we haven't seen much of them so far. But yeah, the Shannon Saeed relationship is really, really weird and I don't like it. No, and it's also just like she embodies like everything about the West that sucks. Yeah. So it's just, it's just so weird. I don't know. I know that she's set up by the show to not be liked, but uh, I don't know. And again, I feel for Saeed and I really like him as a character. And I just, I feel like it would be, it would be better for him if he had other, if he found another way to, you know, move past his past, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Why couldn't it be Kate? (laughs) If it had to be, if it had to be a love interest. Or just like go into the jungle and you know you don't know carve a stick or something. Just do something that's like focus on something else. Find find a hobby. <laughs> well, find Shannon, a hobby. Shannon's yeah, find a hobby. hobby. Porkin. Yeah, that's not a good hobby. <laughs> 
All right. Whew. Anyway, those are our super depressing flashbacks. Time for the super depressing island stuff. Although this is more... Super interesting island stuff. Yeah, more interesting than depressing, actually. So here we go. Saeed, we see more of Shannon mourning Boone. Saeed asks if he can do anything for her. And, you know, he tries to comfort her by kind of telling telling her how brave Boone was at the end and blah, blah, blah. And she just, she's kind of like, okay, <laughs> stop talking. You know, she's clearly in shock. And then we catch up with Jack, who's still storming through the jungle, looking for Locke. I guess he doesn't have to go, like, it's funny to me how every time we see Jack looking for someone you know either Locke or Kate comes up and is like you've been going in circles like he's has he not learned any kind of navigational skills I guess not I mean it's just like (laughs) no I mean to be fair at this point he is barely conscious he's lost a lot of blood and has not allowed himself to rest and whatever 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 but it's still funny to me how useless he seems in the jungle yes as soon as you 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 walk into a space where you can't see more than like 30 feet he just he just turns into one of those one of those toys you get as a kid that would only like turn in one direction. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like goes in a circle on the kitchen floor as Jack in the jungle. But hey, you know what? He can't be good at everything, right? Uh, he can be, but not this, I guess. <laughs> he should have, he maybe should have traded some of those piano plant skills for some fucking spatial awareness. <laughs> oh, man. So Kate tracked him and says, you're going in circles, and she talks him into coming back to the camp. Uh, she says, everybody's scared and upset, and they don't know what's going on, and we need you to come back. And he actually does. I do like the, I mean, I don't know, if, I guess two points a trend does not make, but I do like this thing where where Kate goes and finds the men that have wandered off into the jungle, and is like, <laughs> hey, dipshit, you're going in a circle. Yeah. You want to you come back? Exactly. Like, I, I like when, when, you know, when Kate gets to showcase her skills. How much and more competent she is. Yeah. They, yes, they still treat her like everybody damsel. else. Yeah. Yeah. But she's, she's like, she just shows up like out of the blue, like predator. Just like, <laughs> like oh, hey, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> so we have Boone's funeral. Uh, which. <laughs> Why did they do this. an open casket? I was going to save this for the end. But the song that plays during this funeral scene is beautiful and a heartbreaking piece of music. The song title is Booneral. <laughs> nothing. Fucking nothing. Oh. I'm laughing. Oh, well, <laughs> I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I because my voice transcended into dog whistle range. Oh. <laughs> so yes, the song is called Booneral. So <laughs> back when we first started making this oh, podcast, my God. Larissa had to tell me uh to delete this tweet that I had shared that was making fun of this, the fact that when Boone dies, his funeral song is called Booneral. And she was like, oh, Marshall's going to see that and he's going to know that Boone dies. But I was like, it, it is so... <laughs> like, Michael Giacchino, what the fuck? <laughs> Maybe I... he didn't like Boone, I don't know. <laughs> the Booneral. The Booneral. <laughs> I get... <sighs> I, I guess maybe they just ran out of time to like if they needed to 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 name the score something to get it listed officially. He's like, uh, fucking. No, know. I mean honestly, like we could spend a whole episode just talking about the song titles on the the soundtracks because they're all very tongue in cheek and like very clever song titles. And then we have the really heavy ones that get serious titles like Life and Death from the last episode. But yeah, and then we get Booneral. <laughs> oh man. man. That is choice. That is a choice piece of so, trivia. So good. 
so good. That's like, you know, there's a uh, there's a subreddit for like stupid movie trivia where it's like, oh, in this in this scene, he's wearing a hat because it said in the script he had to wear a hat. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I love stuff like that where yeah. you find out this goofy bullshit about this very serious thing. Boon roll. Boon roll. Very well, good. Well, at the boon roll. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon uh, isn't able to say anything. So Saeed steps in and eulogizes him. You, oof, was that a word? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it didn't yeah, feel you right. Did it. <laughs> eulogizes. It's a weird word, but okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It tasted wrong. Okay. Saeed, <laughs> Saeed does it for her and it's pretty touching, I think. You know, talking about how brave he was, blah, blah, blah. He was a hero. He'll be missed. And then a lock bursts <laughs> in and he says, It was my fault. We found a plane in the jungle. Uh, and he, he kind of falters and he's just like, uh, you know, I would have, I would have gone in, but I was hurt and there was a radio inside and you know, blah, blah, blah. It happened because he was trying to help us and he was a hero. Yep. Locke is absolutely covered in Boone's blood in this scene. Yeah. And it is so striking. He looks like he just murdered somebody. He sure does. Not a good look. Not a good look, especially when Dr. Man, who everyone loves and respects, jumps him and says, you left him to die and you lied to me. Yeah. So, yeah, we get a nice shot of everybody looking at John like, what the fuck? Which Locke gets to kind of flip the script on him a little bit later because he said that. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it's true. I mean, of course, Locke gets to use everything to his advantage. (laughs) Because he's Locke. Uh, yep. I hate him. So Jack collapses from the effort of <laughs> attacking Locke. And, uh, you know, everybody kind of holds him back. And Saeed says, we need the one doctor on this island to get some sleep. And everybody's just kind of like, you know, trying to calm everybody down. We see later Locke comes up to Shannon. And I, I love this, okay? I love that there's this whole scene of him trying to pull his shit on her. Yep. He says, when he, the first time he offered to hunt with me, I should have said no. I know how confused and angry you must be. I know what it feels like to lose family. I hope you can forgive me, blah, blah, blah. And then the look she gives him when he walks away. Yeah. And the very next scene, she says to Saeed, you asked if you could do anything for me. John Locke killed my brother. Will you do something about that? Yeah, I was like, whoa. I, I love it. Obviously, what? it's not. She's not making good choices, but I loved it. It was a... It's kind of the first real, maybe it's not the first time, but like Locke's whole thing doesn't work. Exactly. Not, not in the slightest. And it, it's, it's, it's another one of those things where like, he didn't have to go do that. And so when he does it, it's like, okay, it feels like uh, at face value, oh, he's doing something nice he didn't have to do. But deeper, it's like, okay, well, he's doing this to try to, to, to hearts and minds, right? Right, exactly. He's doing and damage control. And it does control. not work. Yeah. He, in fact, it it almost seems as if it pushes her in the opposite I, Oh, direction. I think it's a catalyst for sure. Okay. I think she so, would have sat yeah. there stewing and mourning, and then John comes up with this bullshit about how sorry he is, and, and something like, just snaps. Yeah. Time for homicide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it was a nail in a coffin for him, and... I, I think very much in this episode, we're seeing him trying to do damage control so that he can keep playing with his hatch and, you know, maybe rope in some more disciples on the way. And it ain't working. So I have a question for you about that. Yeah? I I don't... I mean, we know that Locke saw in his vision, saw that Boone had 
you know, he was messed up. Yeah. Do you think that that Locke thought he was going to die or that he was just going to get hurt? I don't think that Locke thought Boone was going to die. Okay. I don't because, think it was in any way intentional that he thought. Right, because I don't yeah. think he would want to get, like, eliminate someone who is already, like, fairly in his camp. Yeah. Especially since it, it seemed like that expedition was, like, almost a, something to try to get Boone, like, re, uh, reestablish Boone's confidence yeah exactly yeah he was still trying to win him over so it would not make sense for him to to send him to his death no for sure Locke did not murder boone however no what to me is you know basically just as inexcusable i think that he does not give two shits that boone is dead you don't think he's concerned at all that this is like turned opinion of him Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he's worried that it's going to interfere with his goals because now people yeah. don't trust him. So he's he's concerned that Boone's dead, just maybe not for the right reasons. Right, sure, yeah. I think <laughs> that he does not care that somebody died. I mean, his instinct was to throw Boone at Jack, say, uh, he fell, fix him, right? Not not explain what actually happened, and then go straight to the hatch, right? Like, he he didn't even stick around for a minute to see if Boone was okay, right? Like, he just was so focused. He only cares about opening the hatch. Yeah. And I don't think that that has changed. You know, given time to think about it and digest, I think he... Oh, no, he saw the... He, like, literally yeah, he got saw validation. the light. Yeah, so he doesn't care. Oh, are you no, kidding he's, me? He's not he's, sorry. He's back with a plan. Yeah, so uh, we see now Jack is ready to go after Locke again, and he... <laughs> You know, we get the sense that he's been resting for a while, so he's really confused because he tries to get up <laughs> and he like collapses again and he's like, What's going on? And Kate's just like, Well, I'm gave I gave you some sleeping pills. <laughs> yeah. Which honestly, like, good for Kate. I don't know. I can't blame her, you know? Yeah, I mean it's all yeah. Like it, forcing uh, him to relax. Yeah. I don't I've never taken sleeping pills. I don't know. Do you feel better after that? Like because a lot of times, like, chemically induced sleep isn't exactly as good as regular sleep. You know what I mean? Uh. Like, you can drink enough and then you get tired, you fall asleep. Well, it's a heavy sleep. it doesn't sleep. feel like good sleep. Yeah. I think she just needs him to have a... Chill the hell have out. Have a real a sleep. Bit. Yeah, a heavy sleep. Not just yeah. lay there for a minute and be like, okay, I'm fine. Let's go. Right? That's fair. Yeah, so again, like everything else done on the island, maybe not the best decision, but I get it. At least, at least she didn't dose him up with ambien otherwise he would have gone around and given everybody an appendectomy in the middle of the night oh shit we get some just on the nose symbolism uh lock at the caves washing boone's blood out of his shirt yes yes and then walt sees him and lock tries to turn on the charm and walt looks terrified and just backs away slowly yeah so uh-oh he's slipping yeah it's, it's, we're seeing some cracks yep losing his boys which, which is good it's good yeah. it's good storytelling because it's also realistic because uh this was bad like no matter how you uh spin it oh yeah you know, this is a bad situation he did, yeah he 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 did bad <laughs> he did bad yeah thing. he did bad he did bad he, he did he, no good <laughs> and then we get this just amazing series of scenes between Saeed and Locke was there so obviously we knew that Locke was not going to die in this episode, right? Like, that was never in the realm of possibility. He's got so much left to do. No way. Absolutely. But did you think that Saeed had come to Locke to kill him 
you know, to take care of it like Shannon wanted him to. No. Okay. Because he's not that enraptured by her. Okay, yeah, exactly. He he, he 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 went to do it. I think, I, honestly, he probably was considering talking to him before she even approached him. Yeah. I think that it didn't really to... make any impact. Like he, no, he was because, I, again, time. I think Saeed is a good person, but I also don't think that he is above, like using something in the situation to to justify something he has to do like it's a holdover from his time as an interrogator like she comes to him and says can you do something about this so he's like okay well i can go interrogate Locke essentially and i have an excuse yeah besides just my own personal yeah desire to learn more exactly but no I, I didn't think when he showed up that he was gonna smoke them or anything i was like this is just gonna be something where we first of all i love them interacting with each other god every time it's so good because they're both so crafty and cunning yeah and it's it's just like watching you know it's just like two snakes yeah and they've done this so many they've done this so many times now and we see every time Locke trying to work him like he does everybody else and it's just so funny like yep saeed is not He's not everybody else. <laughs> no, he's not. But every time Locke tries to talk to him like he is, and it's just like, come on, bud. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, as much as I like Locke, it's good for characters to have vulnerability. Yeah. And it's great that it's coming from Saeed, another character that I really like. Yeah. And he's the perfect foil. They're the perfect foil for each other. Yeah, definitely. In terms of, like, storytelling style. So, uh... Saeed wants Locke to take him to the plane so he can look at the radio and see if he can salvage it. I mean, he interrogates Locke on the way to the plane. And Locke says, back in Iraq, you were an interrogator? And Saeed says, is that a question? And Locke says, yeah. And then he says, you haven't lost your touch. And, uh, you know, Locke is like, do you do you believe me that there's a plane at all? And Saeed says, I know what I'm being lied to. Yep. They both, like, give each other little bits. Yeah, exactly. They arrive at the plane and then shit pops off. So they find, you know, Saeed, <laughs> this part I found kind of weird when he like opens the bag of heroin and like inspects it. I'm just it's like. The, uh, it's the NYPD what drug experience do you have with heroin, Saeed? With heroin, like, mm, oh, he, it like, licks her- it and he's like, mm, it's heroin. <laughs> tastes terrible, must be heroin. <laughs> yeah. That was it could also be drain cleaner. It was a little much, but it was kind of funny. So yeah. With I mean, he is from, you know, the Middle East. They do make a lot of opium. So it's not a stretch. I would say. Okay. To be honest. Okay. Not I'm not being racist. I'm just yeah. saying like most like ninety percent of the world's opium comes from Afghanistan and a lot of it gets trafficked through or at least in the past we've got trafficked through Iraq. Okay. Well, it it's I still think it's a silly moment, but Okay. I'll give you That's that. Fair. So shit pops off. Said asks why Locke lied about the, the circumstances of Boone's death, and Locke just says I made a mistake. And he says, why don't you trust me? And <laughs> Saeed says, for one thing, you've been carrying a gun that you've told nobody about. <laughs> yep. So then Locke tells Saeed about the quote unquote priest that they found, hands over the gun, and again, tries to pull his lock shit. And he's like, well, no, you're armed and I'm not. Does that earn me any trust? Uh, <laughs> Saeed says, you gave me this because I caught you concealing it. That earns you adaptability. Yep. But then, were you ready for this moment? When Locke is like, well, then let me tell you something that you don't know. Oh, man. And he admits to being the one who knocked Saeed out. That blew my fucking mind. How do you feel about his reasoning for I, I doing mean, it, it has to be, it's gonna, it has to be explained or, like, there's gonna be, uh, from his perspective, 
he will provide what he considers an explanation for it. Block. Right. Beyond that, other than the fact that he doesn't want to leave the island, that's all I can think of. Okay. But but he like he will find just like everything else he does, he will find a fairly coherent way to just justify it. So you think that it's like that what he says is even a little bit defensible? I think it's I think from his perspective it is. I guess. I think I it's mean, well, in, I think in it's Locke's kind of, brain. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of weird that Saeed obviously we know by the end of this episode he doesn't trust Locke, but he kind of accepts that explanation, right? Like later on he says, I don't forgive what you did, but he's like willing to move past it, which right. is weird because I think it's a very weak. Yeah, that was kind of strange. A weak excuse saying it would have been a bad idea to lead people to what was transmitting that message because it was saying it killed them all. Like, yeah, but it was transmitting a message, <laughs> which is something we need to do. <laughs> I don't know. And you don't, it's not like you have to involve everybody in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the thing, the thing with Locke is I, I don't ever think that he thinks he's a hundred percent lying. I think he always thinks he's either telling the truth or he's telling half truths. Yeah. Like he's giving a part of the story always. Right. Whether or not he is doesn't matter because of how he perceives things exactly yeah um which is i think makes him a good counterpart or like i said foil to saeed who is good at detecting lies where it's like that's why lie detectors aren't you know accepted in court anymore is because people if someone actually believes something as it doesn't matter how outlandish it is they're not lying if they believe it's real. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's very important to to Locke's character is his like the intersection for him between truth and deception. I think is very thin. Yeah. Um. So I I like that I like that component because it makes it makes every time he speaks it's like very deliberate. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, this prompts Saeed to pull the gun on Locke. And then, you know, Locke gives his excuse for why he did it. And Saeed says, why wait all this time? Why didn't you tell me then? And again, Locke separates himself from the group so much. The way he phrases this, he says, back then you wouldn't have engaged in reasonable reasonable debate and nobody else would have. You were all so focused on getting off of the island that you weren't seeing things clearly. Mm -hmm. And then he says, it's like what's happening now with the raft. So he is like... I feel like that, you know, probably because he had a gun on him was maybe not as calculating in his response there, but I feel like it was it's kind of a slip for him to be so obvious that he sees himself as separate from the group, right? Like I, I don't know, it's that's, very chilling to point. me to hear him say you were also focused on getting off of the island that you weren't seeing things clearly. Yeah, I mean, it's that that I think is probably the closest we come to something that's like both honest to Locke and honest to the situation. Yeah. Because he does view himself as, you know, he saw into the eyes of the island, right? And right, he's, exactly. He's he, like this totally separate entity. He is other. At this point. Yeah. Yeah, he is other. <laughs> and if That he, was great. Yeah. That was a great quote. And the facial expressions they both had were just like, mwah, peace de la resistance. Yeah, exactly. Just like, fantastic. Some really top-notch acting from everybody. Like, most, most of the people are, are like very... Very competent actors, but the stuff in this episode, like, I feel like really stretched their capabilities and they all did a great job. Oh, like, yeah, it was for just sure. So excellent. And these two are probably the strongest actors on the show. Yeah, I would say so. Um, uh, and Daniel Day Kim, I think, and uh, Yunjin yeah. Kim, who plays Sun. Yeah, they, like, when you get them together, it's, 
it's powerful. Yeah, they, they're they super convincing, no matter what they're doing. Yeah. When uh, Locke mentions the raft, Saeed says, did you burn the raft, John? And he just almost seems like tired. <laughs> yeah. He's like, did no. you burn the raft? And John's like, no, of course not. Of course not. Uh, and then Saeed asks about the hatch and Locke brushes it off and pretends that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. So that was interesting. Did it's you think? One th- so it's not brought up again until the very end of the episode, right? That kind of chilling ending there did you think that Said was gonna believe that no. like him not knowing what the hatch was no okay no i it just like it's like the one thing that Locke can't give up yeah like he, he will tell partial truth or truth about everything else but he cannot yeah give up the hatch because that's his baby it's his everything you know it's been his entire focus for weeks and so I think he's going to do anything he can to keep other people away from it or at least keep people from understanding it. Yeah. Because we know he, something happened. I mean, he saw a light coming out of it, whatever oh, the yeah. hell that is. Oh, yeah. I just, I like how they kind of leave it there for a minute and we don't hear about it until the end of the episode. And it leads you to believe for a second that Saeed might gloss over the whole hatch thing, right? Uh, yeah. And let it drop. But even though we had it pounded in, you know, mm, that's not a good... <laughs> We're not pounding anything in. Uh, we've had it drilled into our heads that uh, Saeed, you know, he always knows when he's being lied to. So I like that they left that moment there and he didn't continue to question him until the very end. Because it was like, right. oh, did he get, did he pull one over on Saeed? No, of course he didn't. Nope. Don't be silly. Saeed is like the skeleton key <laughs> yeah. to everyone's motivations. Yeah. But he, he just has to be like, he has to direct himself to... To, to what needs to be known because it, it, it's only uncovered if he fully goes at it but otherwise it still remains a mystery yeah right but everyone else that he's interacted with he has found out very critical information Rousseau uh Locke you know yeah he just has to he just has to focus it exactly you know? but it's it's also he's he it goes against probably what he wants which is to leave that part of his past behind, but he can't help himself almost. Yeah. Like, it's just second nature. He wants to dig in and find out every last scrap of, of detail. Exactly. Which makes it so good. So, so good. Uh, Saeed goes back to Shannon and he says that he believes what happened to Boone was an accident. He doesn't understand why Locke lied, but he knows that he didn't mean to hurt Boone. And Shannon is not satisfied with that nope. answer. And we find out that She's really not satisfied. She wants to murder Locke. Yeah, Jack finally wakes up. He realizes that the key to the gun case is missing and he assumes it was Locke. But Saeed's like, no, I know who took it. (laughs) Yep. And so they chase, uh, or they go after Shannon in the jungle. Saeed is, I mean, uh, Jack is still too weak to chase her because he's been recently drugged. And they fi- and when they when they finally catch up to her, she's pointing the gun at Locke in the pouring rain. And I like this moment when Saeed is trying to talk her down. And he's like, Shannon, this isn't a good idea. You've never fired a gun before. And she just like shoots the ground. Like, Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that that made me jump. Now she's like, fired oh. a gun. Yeah. Yep, now she's fired a gun. And so Saeed tackles her and she shoots the gun and it grazes Locke. And that's that. Pretty, pretty close call. Oh, for sure. Close call. Damn, Shannon. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah, like if she had been aiming for center mass, she would have probably killed him. But she was going for the face. It's very personal. You always, you always know it's personal if they're going for the face. Yeah, 
Uh, later on, Saeed is talking to Kate, and he says, perhaps I made a mistake. And Kate says, you couldn't let her kill Locke. You had no choice. What What did you make of the him saying, I might have made a mistake? Do you think he was just referring to ruining his relationship with Shannon? Or do you think maybe no, it might be better he's... if Locke is dead? Oh, man. I, I wonder, because... I think maybe it's like the entire situation he considers as a mistake, like everything building up to it. Yeah. Because there's multiple things that he like decided to do that maybe could be considered a mistake from his perspective. I don't think they're mistakes. Right. I think they're fairly rational approaches to things, but, you know, he could have handled the situation with Shan a little differently, like... Even like agreeing to go after Locke in the first place, maybe gave her false expectations. And so her extreme reaction to that was like, okay, well, I guess I have to take care of this myself. Yeah, like he feels responsible for escalating it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's probably more likely okay, than yeah. thinking that, oh, Locke isn't dead and that's a mistake. Yeah, I agree. Well, then Locke, in typical Locke fashion, again, assuming that he's in control again. He comes up to talk to Saeed, thank him for saving his life. Mm -hmm. And Saeed says, I did it because I sense you might be our best hope of surviving here, but I don't forgive what you did, and I certainly don't trust you. And now you're going to take me to the hatch. Yep. And Locke <sighs> tries again. He's like, uh, the I hatch, know. I don't know. I was like, really, dude? Yeah. And Saeed just says, no more lies. And then the episode ends. God. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let me tell you how much I wanted to just hit next episode. <laughs> so we have one more. Non-finale uh, non Yeah, we have one more and then three-part finale. Christ on a bike. The next episode is called Born to Run. So who is that going to be about, I wonder? Bruce Springsteen. Born to Run. Born to Run. Uh... No guesses? Uh, hold on. I mean, they, they have yet to do a back-to-back -back episode of the same character, so, right? Right. They're, okay. Yeah, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's not going to be Saeed again. Yeah, I would say... Shannon. Okay. All right, well, we will see. And let's see, so, yeah, the next episode is kind of our last chance to escalate everything before the finale. So what are, you, what are your predictions for what might happen? Oh, I'm going to change my answer to Kate. I'm kidding. Ugh... One last episode to escalate before the three episodes of the finale. Well, I think it will it will uh, kind of confirm what our, you know, finale conflict is going to be, right? That's generally how these things work. I would assume the conflict is, it's not going to be about whether the hatch gets opened. I would think it's going to be who gets to, like, benefit from the hatch being opened. Do you think it's going to be, like... Locke still trying to prevent anyone else from getting to the hatch. I yeah, like, I mean, if, if that was him, that would be what I would. He might get desperate and, and do something overt to to Saeed now that he's getting scared. Yeah, or at the very least, just like just try to disappear and yeah. then go camp out at yeah. the at the uh, hatch. Yeah. Another thing that we've been culminating to, and we were told in the last episode it would be a week or less, is the raft. Oh God. <laughs> So, okay, I think there's, oh man, there's so much dichotomy. There's so many things that are put specifically opposite of each other. I mean, with this episode is very, or the previous episode is very blatant, like life and death. Yeah. Someone leaves and someone comes in, which is, oh man, that actually makes me think about like 
Maybe there's like an equilibrium they have to maintain on the island. I don't know. Food for thought. The maybe with the raft, like they something about people leaving the island. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know. I don't know how to like (laughs) bullshit my way to an answer. No, yeah, that's fine. I think it's safe to say that the next uh, the conclusion of this season will be mostly about the hatch and the raft. Yeah, I I mean, I don't, like I said, my prediction for the raft is that they leave and they end up at the same place they left, like it's the labyrinth or some shit. If it even leaves at all. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think we'll see any more? um, Our other big three things would be Ethan slash Ethan's people, if such a thing exists, or the Black Rock, or the monster noises. Do you think... Any of those three will feature in these next couple episodes? I would love... Ah, man, I'd love to get something for all of those. I think... I mean, it'd be a hell of a reveal if they introduce, like, another non-plane character. Or, since we know from the episode 19, uh, where they go into the plane and they have the radio call where they're like, oh, no, we're actually the survivors of Planet Oh, that's 15. right. Yeah, that's right. If there's a more people in, uh, introduced that aren't from this group and either they're on the I- from the island quote unquote from the island or from the other wreck I guess that'd be a pretty huge reveal yeah I still think jungle noises is gonna take forever before they ever explain it if they even explain it at all okay well yeah we'll so see. yeah if, if I was a betting man I'd put I'd put money on for the end of the season I'm gonna say they're gonna introduce one at least one more person that is not part of this group. Okay. We will find out. Oh, we'll learn. (laughs) We will learn more. All right. In the meantime, y'all can reach out to us on social media. We are on Twitter at Jungle of Mystery. We're on Instagram at Jungle of Mystery Pod. And we have an email. It's jungleofmysterypod at gmail.com. And uh, I think at this point, just everybody's completely, completely disregarding the wise words of Jack. Even Jack. Even Jack. Especially Jack. Because, <laughs> guys, if we can't live together, we're going to die alone. Die alone. Baby, we were born to... Oh, boy. Cut that. Um... <laughs> no. <laughs>